Hello, and thank you for listening to the latest installment of our Unsolved podcast. This month, we're taking a look at the Lisa Knight case in Alpena County. Lisa was 25 years old when she disappeared back in 2012. State police say she was last seen at the home of her ex-husband Lloyd Frey in Osnique, that's south of Alpena. And that's where the trail goes cold for state police, who are now investigating the case as a homicide. I sat down with Detective Sergeant Matthew Wilt, who's been on the case since 2017, to bring us up to speed on where the investigation stands. So, Detective, how long have you been on the Lisa Knight case? Uh, since 2017. Give me a brief recap of this case. It started back in 2012. Correct. Uh, Lisa was last seen on June 8th, uh, 2012, at the residence of her ex-husband, Lloyd Frey. That was in the town of Ossinique here in Alpena County. Uh, four days later, she was uh, uh, reported missing by a good friend of hers on June 12th uh, to the state police post here in Alpena. Troopers from the Alpena post took the original uh, complaint and they began the investigation. Uh, after a period of time when Lisa still was not located, detectives from the Alpena Post became involved and uh, detectives from surrounding posts also were brought in to assist and um, the investigation um, kind of uh, uh, ramped up from there. And that four-day period, a lot of people watching this or listening to this might say, well, four days is a long time to wait for somebody to be reported missing, but it wasn't uncommon for Lisa to sometimes just go off the grid for a few days at a time, correct? Correct, and not so much off the grid, but she, she stayed with several different friends around that time. So it wasn't uncommon for one person not to see her for a few days at a time. So by the time they, they all got together and realized that nobody had seen or heard from Lisa in those four days, um, that's when the missing uh, report was, uh, was taken. So state police get the missing persons report and kind of in the initial days of the investigation, what roads do you go down? What paths are you following? What leads are you going after? Uh, well, we, uh, we determined that uh, she was with Lloyd at his house on, uh, on June 8th. And according to Lloyd, she was at his house when he went to bed and, and uh, when he woke up the next morning, she was gone. Um, and through further investigation, we haven't been able to determine that Lisa was with, was with anyone else other than Lloyd uh, after that time. You know that she's missing, but you haven't really been able to determine exactly, quote unquote, when. Correct. She went missing. We know the last day she was seen alive, but after that is kind of, kind of a mystery. Correct. Uh, we've been unable to uh, uh, to locate anyone or talk to anyone who, who spoke with her, who saw her um, at any point after June 8th. And is that where this case has kind of gone cold, if you will? Uh, yes. We've done um, we've done numerous searches at Lloyd's house on Lloyd's property. Um, involving the MSP crime lab, uh, cadaver dogs, search parties. We've bored holes in concrete um, on the property and we've found no signs of Lisa um, to this date. Um, you know, obviously Lloyd is a person of interest in the investigation. Having said that, Lloyd's been largely cooperative with us throughout the investigation. Um, 
so we're still looking for answers. What, what do you still need in this case? As we're sitting here some nine, almost nine years um, after she disappeared, what pieces are you still trying to fill in that you can talk about without hindering the investigation? Well, it's kind of hard to, to narrow it down to, uh, uh, to a few things. My belief is that someone that we've previously talked to has information that could help us solve this case. And, you know, like in most cases, um, people are, are hesitant to come forward with information. They sit back and they hope that, that someone else will come forward and give us the information that we need to solve the case. Well, we're going on nine years now and that hasn't happened. So um, if someone has information, uh, it's time to come forward. And you are, you and other investigators are operating under the assumption that Lisa is no longer with us. Correct. After uh, nearly nine years of, um, you know, there's been absolutely no digital footprint that we've been able to come across. And what that means is no financial records, no activity on her uh, social security uh, with her social security number. Um, we search arrest records, that type of thing. There's, there's absolutely no evidence that she's still alive. How many tips would you think that you've followed up on? in these nine years? We were over 170 um, the last time that we counted. Um, and it's been more than that. I, I, I can assure you because, uh, you know, we receive um, the same tip multiple times. So, um, you know, it's been hundreds at this point. Is, is there any indication of where Lisa might be at this point, whether it's still here in Alpena County or somewhere else in northern Michigan or even beyond? Um, we, we, have no, uh, we have no idea at this point. How frustrating has this case been for you and other detectives? Well, it, it's, it's been extremely frustrating. Um, but the thing that, that keeps us going forward is, is meeting with Lisa's family and Lisa's mom and dad. Um, they understand what we've done um, and how difficult the case is at this point. And the fact that they're understanding and, and whatnot just drives us forward to, uh, to solve the case. State police say their investigation has taken them to Alpena County and beyond. Tips uh, all over the state of Michigan. In, in fact, um, we've even received tips from out of the country of people that thought that they'd seen Lisa. Um, those tips did not pan out. Some of the tips out of the area uh, originated from people that were um, trying to get compensation for their own criminal charges. And by the time we were done um, chasing our tail around, it was determined that they had made up those tips. Um, so that part of it was frustrating. Um, but yes, we've, we've, we've looked outside the area also. What is it that's gonna finally put this case to bed and, and, and give you guys what you need? Like most cases, you know, it's gonna be the one tip. Um, the person that has the information that's been waiting all these years um, to come forward with it. And as investigators, we understand the position they're in. Um, you know, they're, they're hesitant to come forward, like I said, because they're hoping someone else will. Well, no one else has come forward. And as time goes on, people's relationships change and we're hoping that people who were hesitant to come forward at one point um, will now feel more comfortable to come forward and perhaps 
you know, just as they mature, the, the thought of having information that could solve this case starts to nag at them, or, you know, perhaps they become a parent themselves and they can kind of put themselves in Mr. and Mrs. Knight's shoes and, and think what, what it would be like to have a child that's missing. And that was Detective Sergeant Matthew Wilt with the Michigan State Police, who's helping lead the investigation into the disappearance of Lisa Knight. For Lisa's family, the almost decade of waiting has been agonizing. We also spoke with Lisa's father, Mark. He and his family have been waiting nine years for answers about what happened to Lisa. Mark says Lisa was the quintessential country girl with big dreams. Mark was in Chicago preparing to come home from a trucking trip when he got a call saying Lisa made another call to someone that sounded disturbing. I was on the road. Um, I was in Chicago uh, loading to come home for the weekend um, or for the end of my week. Um, and I got a phone call uh, saying that somebody had gotten a disturbing phone call from Lisa. Um, and then it was a rash of distractions and, you know, what do I do? How can I get home the quickest? Uh, what can I have them do? Um, <clears throat> regrets being gone so much. Not being here when this yeah. happened. Yeah. So y you get home and what's happening when you get home, when you get back here to Asanique? Um, there was a whole flurry of activity because I wasn't aware of the constraints that, that the state police had when it came to missing persons and the type of reports. It, and I try, I ran around trying to get a hold of the people that she was last known to be with. Um, the person that made the phone call to me, um, it, it was just, it's all a fog because the, I was in a situation that I never dreamed I'd be in. Um, so for the first, almost a week after I got back, um, I barely remember where I was, who I was talking to, uh, trying to resolve and trying to comfort the wife, um, trying to comfort her siblings, uh, trying to knee-jerk reaction as you want to go hurt somebody, um, trying, to, trying to tone down um, what everybody was going through. Uh, your, just trying your daughter's to be, missing. Trying to be the rock, yes. You don't really know don't know what, what to do. To her? Yeah, you don't know what to do. Uh, you hope that, you know, at at that point in her life, she had been uh, into some drugs and, and the partying stuff, and and uh, you know, you hope that you know maybe she was just hung over someplace. She's going to show up in a couple of days, or she's. Um, but I had that gut feeling that that wasn't the case. Um, and I don't want to go into detail as to why, but um, I had that, that feeling that that wasn't the case. Um, just kind of as time went on, yeah, it, it was clear. It was, it was just a frustration 
um, for the first week or so that that things weren't moving quicker. There wasn't more involvement. There wasn't more. But in hindsight, everything was being done that could be done at the time. And as time kind of goes on, did it just kind of become apparent to you and your family that Lisa might not be coming home? Um, yeah, as time went on, we, we held out the hope that, that she was going to be coming home for a couple of years. Um, we had vigils, we had uh, get-togethers in town at the fountain and, and at the beach, and it was, it was a couple of years before people kind of came to grips with the fact that, that she may not. Mark says the worst part of the last nine years has been not knowing or having answers. There isn't a day that goes by that you don't think about that something because of the type of person she was, there's every day there's something that that you think, you know, gee, she would have liked that. Um, or she, she would have been just all excited to do this. Or or that's the type of thing that, that we picture her, you know, doing had she still been here. Um, th there's not a single day that there's not a reminder that she's not in our life anymore. You tell me she had aspirations of going on to do some modeling yeah. somewhere. Um, she had she had this professional picture done. Um, she had an organization, and, and I don't know who it was, again, being gone so much. Mom, I gave moral support, but I wasn't there for the other types of support that they needed, so Mom did a lot of that. Um, and she was... Like I said, she liked her horses. She liked being out in the country. She, she was gorgeous, and she had always talked about being a model. You know, she was going to be. She liked her fancy clothes, and she liked her, her makeup, and her, um, not still photo models, not a runway model, not. Um, so yeah, she had. She had aspirations in life that that got ruined um, even even before she went missing because of the lifestyle that, that she got led into. It was a difficult yeah. lifestyle, from my yeah. understanding. Um, yeah, she she had several rough relationships. Um, that helped push her into what she was into at the time she went missing. Sitting here a decade later, what keeps you going? What gives you hope that you're going to get the answer that you and your family want about what happened to God. Lisa? God. <laughs> um, my wife more so than me. Uh, I dove in headlong into the Bible and church, and we we like to fancy ourselves to be Christians. We 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 have our struggles. Everybody has their struggles that that considers themselves Christians. I struggle with not being able to let this go. Um, I. I find myself doing things to distract myself, to keep my mind occupied with other things. Um, I have little hobby things that I do in the garage. I have, um, 
I tinker with small engine stuff for people. I tinker with cars. I tinker just to stay occupied. To, if I dwell on this, uh, it, it would be bad for me and, and a lot of people. Um, so my wife, my wife stays in the Bible and I stay in my garage. What's that not knowing like? <laughs> it is the absolute worst part of the whole situation um, because there's no finality to it. There's no, uh, there's no end. There's, there's not a point where you put it behind you and move on. Um, the, I think the natural human uh, mind wants retaliation, wants somebody to pay for what took place. And until that happens, you just don't move on. And there's so many details that you don't know exactly. about the case. You don't know, um, you know, where she truly lasts, truly is resting. Resting, where, yep. You know. um, don't know. You don't know how much pain she went through. You don't know if it was something that was quick and, and uh, relatively uh, painless. We don't know if she suffered for days. We don't know anything. A, a difficult question, but do you guys, a, a lot of these families, you know, they have that, that have someone that's gone missing or been killed and they're still searching for justice. They have at least a, a grave site to go to. Do you guys have something have like that? This picture that we keep in the mantle, there's nothing. Um, no grave site, no memorial site, no, there's not even a crime scene where we could put up a memorial. Um, there's nothing. We just, we have our pictures and our memories to, uh, to visit. So what would justice mean for Lisa's family? I would like to say that justice would simply be somebody being arrested and tried and, and having their day in court. Um, as a Christian, uh, justice will be when this person meets their end and has to face God in, in answer to this. Um, to me personally, uh, this won't come to an end until uh, until somebody rots in prison. You guys just want to know. Yeah. Yep. It's not so much about vengeance or, or wanting to get back no. at somebody. You just want to know what happened. We. We need to have, as you said, we need to have a memorial somewhere. We need to have a place to go to. We remember her daily. Um, it doesn't require a grave site to remember your child. Um, but we need a place that is, uh, that everybody can come together and share the memories and share uh, share who she was. Um, so it's, I don't know that that's ever going to be the case. Um, even if, 
um, even if somebody is actually charged um, and, and is convicted of, of what happened, um, I don't know that we're ever going to have uh, remains to bury or, uh, or an actual grave site, um, but it will give us it'll give us the, the closure that, that we're going to need to be able to move on at least. You would at least know yeah. what happened. Yeah. What's, what's your message to people out there that still haven't come forward, still haven't talked, or maybe have come forward and haven't told their, the whole side of the story or everything they know about what happened? There's, over the last almost nine years, there's been a lot of, a lot of things said. Um, there's been reports, there's been tips, there's been, um, I think originally there was a lot of people afraid. Um, if it can happen to my daughter, it can happen to your daughter, it can happen to, um, I think at this point in time, if if somebody has information, um, it's time to quit being afraid. There's the the people responsible. Um, everybody has aged. Everybody has been uh, had their their life's trials and, and issues. Um, if somebody. Whoever has information, I know there's people out there that have information about this that haven't come forward. There will come a time when they'll answer for not coming forward. Um, because if they take this secret to their grave, uh, God will judge them for it. If you have any information on what happened to Lisa Knight, you're asked to call Michigan State Police in Alpena. That number is 989-354-4101. You can also submit anonymous tips to Crime Stoppers at 1-800-422-5245. They're offering a reward of up to $1,000 for information that helps solve the case. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved. You can listen to other episodes right now on 9in10news.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch a shorter video version of this podcast on the 9in10 Plus channel on the free View It app and on 9in10news.com. And be sure to join us next month when we take another look at an unsolved mystery from northern Michigan. For 9in10 News, I'm David Lydon.